on a very special consensus. You're going to need to get consent, which is a noise she makes, not a feeling you feel. Consent is the gold standard. Everyone knows what's going on, and everyone said yes. Hello, exactly. Open and honest communication. Mutual acceptance. Yeah, love is blind, lust is Helen Keller. Consent is... I mean, like, you'd have to ask me, like, when I'm not wrong. Hello, exactly. Consent is honesty. What people agree to do. Drive safe, don't rape. Hello, exactly. Never optional. Sexy and required. Hello, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Let's go fuck the wife. Consensually, come on, come on. Hello, Consentors. Welcome to Consentences, where we'll be talking about lifestyles through individuals' experiences, navigating desire, danger, and the importance of consent. I'm Snow, and today on Consentences, I'm joined by my wife, the magnificent Ms. Marvel. Hello. And our very special guest, Kate Bailey, the transformational and intuitive coach who is the creatrix of Woman 911, an international or international and intentional community for women looking to play big and create life on their terms. Welcome, Kate. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? Oh, how you doing? <laughs> We're so happy to how have you, you on here. <laughs> Aww, actually, I just I'm threw so that happy. in there by accident because clearly I can't read, but uh, is uh, Woman 911 international yet? I mean, it's a one-woman circus that I run, but I do have clients from all over the globe, so I guess you could call it international for sure, yeah. So I don't feel terrible about misspeaking. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, Kate, tell us about Woman 911. Also, it is facebook.com slash groups slash Woman 911, except the A is an X. That is correct. Yeah. And the reason why a woman is spelled with an X is because we want to make it really clear that it's inclusive of our non-binary and trans women. Um, so basically, Woman 911 is a place that's mostly comprised of like new coaches, new entrepreneurs, new business owners, but really any woman who is entering like a new phase of her life, who is really to play big and create this like legendary turned on life that she loves on her terms. And what's different about our community and the way that I coach is we use extreme intentional sisterhood as a catalyst for women to become empowered and level up. Yeah, I will say that and you are extremely active posting all the time, like really trying to drive engagement on Facebook around just starting conversations that are really interesting around like, you know, basic things around like what's holding you back and like kind of common things through like, uh, what's the failure that you learn from? Like stuff that's like really kind of can be jarring for people who are like, oof, I don't think Provocative like that. Provocative questioning is yeah. one of main parts of motivational interviewing. You have to have yeah. that part of it. So, it, I mean, it sounds to me like you're really taking an active stance and helping women to take an active stance in their life. You know, like planning yeah. is part of that, um, sitting by and kind of watching things come together is part of it. But there's also just this active stance, like you jump and then you see where you get to and what happens with it so that you can make the next steps. Yeah, I mean, it's really about equipping women with tools to put themselves and each other into power. And I am very outspoken about like, you know, where I 
think the deficits are in empowering women. A lot of it is built into a very patriarchal system. You know, women, we get passed down from generation to generation, this like language where we shrink and we play small and we don't really know how to relate to each other as women. Like you can see like men kind of know how to do this. They'll play with each other in the sense that like, you know, they're not afraid to like tease each other or make fun of each other for certain things. But like, if you put a woman in that situation, historically she's made fun of for being too sensitive or too this or too that. And what we forget as women, like it wasn't that long ago that we were actually property, you know, we didn't really have interactions with other women. And the patriarchal standard is basically like compete, step on each other to get ahead. And there's a woman's style of working that's much more communicative, much more collaborative, where if you start to value those assets of the way women work, you can really start to empower each other socially. We don't really have that social aspect. We've been really isolated in that sense. Certainly. And just, I mean, the idea of being able to not need to level a playing field or to make it like women joining the male dynamic I'm sorry women um engaged in this male this patriarchal way of business um of success but making it clear that there are multiple ways of getting there and of course after years of systemic um just learning and transgenerational learning of what it is to be a woman it makes tons of sense that we are sensitive We've been trained to be sensitive. I mean, that's what a Disney princess is, right? She's sensitive. <laughs> so like, yeah. like, but just stop that because now you're in the boys game. And like, that's, that's ridiculous. Cause also sensitivity actually breeds, like you said, collaboration or being able to mutually um, kind of look at goals together. Yeah. Yeah. And actually just to back things up for a second. So, uh, Kate and I actually graduated from high school together (laughs) way back when, uh, in Connecticut and, uh, Kate then took off to NYC and became a firefighter. Uh, and, uh, can you talk a little bit about how that experience started to shape (laughs) what this is and like, or did being a, a firefighter, uh, was there anything about that that drove you to where Woman Nine One One is now? Yeah, absolutely. So I'm gonna I'm gonna answer that question, but I'm gonna take a little detour first because since we last went to high school together, so much shit has happened. You think? I mean, it has <laughs> like, been a minute. <laughs> yeah. So basically, I mean, you know me in high school. The last two years of high school, I went to an alternative school. Um, which was like 20 kids sitting on couches. Their gym credit was going snowboarding. Um, And for a long time, like probably about like 10 years, I kept either trying to go to school or trying to go into a job. And I went to six different colleges without realizing that I had a learning disability. Oh man, you beat me. I only went to five. (laughs) (laughs) What's your excuse? (laughs) I wish I had a good one. (laughs) Yeah, no, but like, I, you know, I mean, I speak very quickly, I write very intelligently, like my verbal output is very high. And I didn't realize that I was having all these deficits in visual memory, story memory and reading comprehension. So I kept going to school, and then I would get all A's. And eventually, I couldn't keep up with the reading and I would fail out or I would just get so insanely bored, it couldn't hold my attention. And 
so, I mean, I got really resourceful and I kept going to all these different jobs, but I would either hit a ceiling where I couldn't advance because I didn't have the help that I needed or I would get bored of it. So I worked in oil and gas and commercial real estate in the Chrysler building, working for a hedge fund company. I worked casting talent for MTV. And at one point I had like a really bad year personally, like my mom got sick with stage three lung cancer. My parents were getting divorced after 35 years of marriage. Our house in Amityville, Long Island got hit by hurricane Sandy. And all of a sudden everybody was homeless. And I remember, and at the time I was living, um, with my ex who had a drug problem and I would come home every night wondering if he was going to be alive. And like, it just eventually got to this point where I was like, holy shit, like my whole world is on fire. I better be ready for anything. And I really thrived in environments that had like a lot of discipline, but I knew I was struggling and I couldn't go get a bachelor's without help. Um, so I was like, what's the fastest way I could get in touch with patients? Because I was really interested in medical, you know, like the secret of teachers and coaches is like, we teach what we need. And I had like a very deep need to understand how I operated. So I was like, what's the fastest way I could get in touch with patients? And being an EMT at the fire department was it. So I got on the list and it was awesome because the instructors there were so cool. They were basically like, we took your psychological exam. You're all fucking nuts. Oh, can I say fucking on this? Is that okay? yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, for sure. Okay. We're, we're, yeah, okay. we are 100%. Even if we go on to YouTube or anything else, like, we are not about that, like, oh, well, you got to be sweet for 10 minutes and then see what happens. No, fuck it. We're going to do what we do. Awesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Awesome. So use yeah, whatever they language like, you need to. I consent. <laughs> I consent. <laughs> <laughs> but they were like, yeah, you're all fucking nuts but we're going to make that work for you. They were like, you are the only ones that go running towards the fire when everyone goes running in the other direction. And we're going to make that work for you. And that was the first time in my life. I was like, Oh, maybe like being a little crazy is a good thing. And I were you self reflexively calling, there. I'm sorry. Were you self reflexively calling yourself ho at that point? That was, that was beautiful. I, You're like, ho, yeah. that is the best <laughs> chance you have. Okay, let's do this. I, I do on the regular call myself a hoe and a whore, even though I have to like give it up for my sex worker friends. Like I don't actually work as a sex worker. I should explain that. Right, but. It's an yeah, empowerment but, term in that way. That like, oh man, I'm not even doing that much and I feel like I'm working hard right now. Yeah, okay. but you, I mean, you did do a, uh, I, actually, I don't know if it was a part of Woman 911, but you did your whore crawl, which was, which was yeah. like a poll class that you did at, for, I'm assuming people who are a part of the programs that you're running. Or just for whomever? Well, it was, that it was an exotic floor work class for women who wanted to reclaim their whore. So we were also doing like some shadow integration work. So it was like part coaching, part embodiment stuff, you know. Um, but yeah, like to finish up the journey before, like basically I got to the fire department and I had the best teachers and I wound up like leveling up pretty quickly, like. I became a hazardous materials EMT, which is working with COVID and Ebola and all that. And then before I knew it, I was like instructing the basic life support for the firefighters, the EMTs and the paramedics. And that's also where you met your husband. Yeah. Yeah. 
<laughs> yeah, that's where I met my husband for sure. That's a good story. Yeah. So, I mean, that, that seems like, yeah, you certainly went on a path. You found where you needed to be. And then shockingly, once you're really invested in the thing you're doing and you're around people who are supporting what you want to do, you might be a little bit happier and a little bit more open to finding other great people like your husband and I'm sure friends and just purpose and uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that's one of the main like pillars of the things that I teach women in coaching is that like the relationship with yourself really is a foundation for other, all your other relationships. So if you are enjoying your company, you're enjoying your time, you're lit up by spending time with yourself, like people are going to be magnetized to that. And then you start calling in the things that you really want, whether it's your soulmate or whatever, like everybody thinks they need to get on Tinder or whatever to look for a boyfriend. It's like, no, you just need to do something you love. (laughs) Yeah. It really is amazing how it's just like, Oh shit. Are you happy and well-adjusted and like you're caring about yourself? Oh, do people want to be around that? Shocking. (laughs) Right. I don't even know if you have to be that well-adjusted. You just need to be committed and dedicated to what you're doing. (laughs) Like enough to make it attractive. Now you can feign adjustment in a lot of categories before you get the whole picture. Yeah, you can go into a relationship like for sure before you're ready. If you guys are growing at the same rate in a relative same direction, you can figure it out for sure. Yeah, Nicely said. Yes. So <laughs> we hope. What was it though? Because uh, at least and correct me if this timeline is wrong. But you did, you were working uh, as an EMT for the fire department in uh, New York, and then you moved down to uh, Florida where you are now. And where was it in that? Because was it in that transition that Woman 911 came to be? Or uh, tell me a little bit about that. Yeah, so basically I was at the fire department as an instructor. And it was like, forget what year, maybe July, 2018. Yeah, maybe around then. July, 2018, I was pregnant and I miscarried on the job. And, you know, the fire department is inclusive in the sense that they tell you they're inclusive and they really try their best, but the systems in place are not set up for women. You know, they didn't have like breastfeeding pods at every station. Um, my locker oh, they, was They didn't the- have mother's rooms? at the station? (laughs) I mean, they're working on it. They definitely care about women. I mean, for the first time in history, they have a, now the chief of EMS is an openly gay woman is the first. That's awesome. And also I'm I'm not truly shitting on it very clearly. I mean, that is something that has for, I mean, basically until recently been basically all men and there were women who were a part of it, but it was certainly not something that was being catered to or being addressed in the way that it needs to be. I mean, just in general to be as inclusive as it needs to be. Yeah. And that's the thing people don't realize, like it's the systems that really aren't set up. So, I mean, they have the counseling services unit, but again, like women are honored, but, and respected for sure. But like just, not set up and have a totally different experience on the job. So I'm pregnant, working a cardiac arrest. I go home, I miscarry, I have to go back on the job. I remember at the time I had Aflac, they gave me like 200 bucks. And it was like, I had to take a couple of weeks off at the time. I wasn't allowed to lift a certain amount of weight. Um, and I just remember feeling like really lonely and being like, okay, so we're in like one of the biggest gangs in New York, one of the best fire departments in the world. We so have each 
other's back in the street. And so why do I feel so alone right now? Why do I feel like, you know, it's really hard to connect. And again, we had this, look, I love men. I love a men's style of working, but it was very much like, you know, toughen up, like just burn yourself out. Like you could do it, like ignore how you feel. And so I created the FDNY sisters, which is a community online where our goal is to change the way that women value themselves and each other in service while destigmatizing some of the mental health issues that we deal with as women. So PTSD, anxiety, depression, it's an unofficial organization, but it's, you know, an unofficial affiliate organization. But I really just wanted to start like putting a different narrative out there, like a different message that like, it's okay to own a woman's style of working on this job. That's awesome. And I'm then going to assume that that was kind of the springboard too. once you started to kind of uh, involve (laughs) yourself in that and begin to grow what that was and start to understand yourself a little bit more and kind of where your passions were and what you wanted to do. Was that the impetus and kind of the true springboard to Women 911? Yeah, I mean, it was a collection of that. And I went to Mama Gina's School of Womanly Arts in New York, and I studied pleasure. And if you know Mama Gina's body of work, she is the New York Times bestselling author of the book Pussy. And I really wanted to integrate like these foundations around pussy and pleasure. And you can't really do that in the fire department. (laughs) Yeah, no, I can't imagine that there are like tons of guys who are like, hey, guys, Let's just talk about pussy today. What do you think? But like, (laughs) let's do it from like a real feminine level, like, and really take ownership of it. I'm sure that like really went over well. Well, without like sexually harassing, I mean, we were in medical, so there were a few times where I got to like explain to them very clinically, like what could be helping them with their women at home. (laughs) Here's what a clitoris is. I I mean, I, I just think it's interesting I, like clearly the idea of, of guys sitting around a firehouse and having that conversation uh, f- certainly from a woman's perspective seems odd but it, it seems to me like even just opening up the dialogue for women to discuss um, emotions or impact of work especially in helping professions in like frontline professions might even offer the platform for men to be able to have those conversations and support each other also like what you were saying Absolutely. about feeling so alone given something medical and normal that happened to you. Like, I'm sure that there are medical and normal things that are job related or like literally caused on the, on the job that happened for men also. And I wonder if they have that same moment. Like if it was literally yeah. like, Joe, my prostate something, whatever prostates do, <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Whatever prostates do. <laughs> They're just busy prostate. It, it seems important to get them checked. So they must do something wrong, like cancer. Uh, yeah. Or no, you're totally right. Like during this, with this structure, men and women suffer. It's not that like I don't value the qualities that men possess. I'm just saying like, you know, men really, they suffer too because they have to have an opportunity to express what they're going through. And that is just simply seen as a sign of weakness, especially in a blue collar job. You right. know, of course, it just seems so striking to parallel with like being in the, in the mental health, behavioral health, help, helping professions on that front line of it. And like, it's mm-hmm. such a clear and important part of the week that we, work that we do in terms of supporting each other, almost to a fault sometimes, almost when they're yeah. like, so what are you doing for self care? And I'm like, going to work right now like stop making me think about it for a second uh i'm gonna tell you to fuck yourself it feels so good fuck off (laughs) (laughs) no we do the fuck that meditation as an agency it's perfect 
should check those out. Yeah. <laughs> <Anyway>. <laughs> All right. So given that you, uh, you started the, uh, and what was it called again? The, um, FDNY sisters. Yeah. yeah. So that happens. And then you, uh, go through your miscarriage and continue to, to work and start to internalize a lot of kind of what's, what's working, what's not while you're still with yeah. the FDNY and then kind of what, what is the next step in terms of kind of the evolution of this? Yeah. So, I mean, like I said, I studied pleasure at the School of Womanly Arts. I really understood what it was like to have intentional sisterhood. And then I was really inspired to want to see how that could be crafted into creating something for women. So what I do is I create like programs and courses where like the first half of it is basically like all the personal development work you need to know yourself. Because again, with my learning disability and the way I grew up, like it took me a while to figure out that shit. Like it took me a while to figure out what I valued, what my strengths are, what my purpose is, being confident in it, having my own back, having self-trust. And then the second part of that is, um, you know, integrating that into relationships into sisterhood, into sex, into all the places we integrate it into. So really I developed programming that is a broad spectrum transformational course for life on your terms. And I kind of like got all this information in one fell swoop in a download. And I was like, holy shit, like I know what I'm supposed to be doing. <laughs> yeah, I was going to ask that. So, I mean, where did, I mean, obviously that's a, it's a big jump to go from, hey, this is something I think would be, you know, uh, something I'm passionate about and something I want to do. Like, what was the kind of uh, your divining rod to, like, take you from this is something I'm interested in doing to this is something I'm going to do. This is going to be a career I'm going to make for myself. And this is something that's that important that I want to empower others with, like, my passion for life and just discovering self. Yeah, I think it was a certain level of self-trust. You know, I thought I had self-trust at the fire department because you get trained in so many scenarios um, to basically like hold it down in the middle of a hurricane. Um, but I, I had so much inspiration at the same time that I had like all this newfound self-trust. And I can't describe it any other way than it just felt like it was kind of like being channeled through me and doing this work right now. No joke. I am applying everything I have ever learned in my whole life. And it feels like I have been training for this my whole life. So I had a like very candid conversation with Tony. You know, my husband, he was in a previous marriage. I had lived with someone for a long time. So when we came together, gloves came off. We had radical transparency and we're like, this is what I want. This is what I want. Are you good? Good. Let's go. And we had a talk. And we're like, what does life look like on our terms? What does going for it mean? Like, what are we going to do? And we had the option. We could stay in New York another 15 years on what people call the 25 and out plan. Sure, you catch your pension years. and you'll be fine. Yeah, right? <laughs> Get your stuff and go. Or we could say fuck it and go now and go live where it's sunnier and the weather feels better and we could have a better attitude. <laughs> people <laughs> like, are nicer because they're not just braving cold all the time. Right. Oh my God. People are so much nicer. Yeah. The New York stress is real and we never knew it because we were born into it. Yeah. yeah. Fuck that noise. And it's I not cute. Not about that and it's cold not like ever yeah. again. It's not like a playful attitude that like New Yorkers take on. Like it's literally 
my, I still go through this shock every fall. Cause I'm like, oh no, it's fall. That means the impending doom of winter. And then I remember that like winter is not so bad here. And what I've realized is that the spring moment in the Northeast that we like all come together cause it's the first like super warm day. And it's like, oh yeah, we made it. That collective unity happens on the first cool day here after summer. We just flip <laughs> them. But like I have to yeah. find that new unity moment of like, oh, we made it through the summer. Okay. But. Yeah. I mean, it's definitely weird being down here. Like the holidays are not the same, but also like, again, I didn't realize how stressed I was like being a New Yorker and they, the culture is kind of bullying. Like mm -hmm. everybody's really sarcastic. And if you can make it there, you can make it anywhere. And it's like, yeah, okay. I could make it, but I could also be a miserable fuck too. So like, right. what am I going to choose? Right. You know? It's <laughs> so a weird it adjustment period also like coming down to, into a warmer climate, into a warmer culture. That, um, yeah. yeah, that adjustment of like, oh, wait, let me like leave my snarky at the door for a second because I don't need it this moment. Although sometimes it also really comes in handy because it's not expected. But it's yeah. like I no longer feel like I have to emotionally fight my way through the like dirty snow to get into the warm space. It's just a coat rack. Yeah. Like oh, I don't gosh. need to elbow people out of my way for that. I can stroll. I don't miss winters as an EMT either because like having those big piles of snow and carrying like pregnant women and like people who are having cardiac arrest through the snow. I do not miss that. Yeah. <laughs> like, no, nope. it's different down here. I mean, you sweat down here for sure, but it's I'll cleansing. take it because I feel like I'm more inspired throughout the year too to create, you know, like I don't have this recovery period. I ha knock on wood. I haven't been sick since I got down here. Nice. Not once. Awesome. Not once. I'll knock on wood. You got some. <laughs> <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, we covered weather. Good stuff. <laughs> yeah. I mean, uh, yeah. Normally it takes our weather conversations usually come up immediately when people are awkward. I'm glad we waited until we were like a half hour into this. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so it's getting awkward now. I guess we should probably like talk about like what the podcast is about. Consentences, pleasure, sex. Let's talk about it all. Just what maybe. Do you yeah. So I, I think just along those lines, I mean, with everything that you're doing with Woman 911, how does consent play into that in terms of how you work with people and kind of just what's your positioning? How do you how do you think about it? How do you uh, expound upon it? What How does do it you mean educate? To you? Yeah. Yeah. So educate was the word I was looking for. She got it. Yeah, go team eventually. <laughs> Good that she's got your back. You need it. <laughs> no. Um, Fact. Yeah. Like consent is really important. Uh, because you're doing this really deep work to get to know yourself and sometimes like people aren't always ready to go there that's why especially like when I get into marketing and my sales process yes you'll always see me present online because I truly believe that when you have something that changes people's lives that selling is serving so I'm there I'm available for you if you want to make the jump but I don't do any of this pushy marketing like you're an incomplete person if you don't get this like no you need to consent yeah. <laughs> right Absolutely. Like, it's very important that the person who is deciding to do this very deep, sacred work consents and makes the decision for themselves. Sure. I, I mean, no matter what it is, whether it's, I mean, basically anything that you are committing to do, whether it's Woman 9-1, Woman 911, or anything else, if the person who is doing it is not the one who is making the choice, it's not going to work. Yeah. 
Yeah. And I mean, I and think with not- any growth opportunity, with any opportunity that you consensually um, and intentionally sign up for, it honestly takes consent many, many steps along the way. Right? Like there have been yeah. plenty of times where I'm like, yes, I'm going to join this group. I'm going to do this thing. I'm going to do this diet. I'm going to do this exercise plan. I'm going to do this, whatever it is. And I'm consenting and I'm going for it. But then I get to that first struggle or that first sticking point, And it's a moment that I have to either intentionally reconsent or passively back away from. And I, you know, I said that as if one was better than the other and I shouldn't, it's like, it's more of a stages of change game. I think that like, there are going to, there's going to be work along the way that I am not ready to consent to in that moment. I can just honestly acknowledge that the door is there and maybe there are other doors available that are easier for me to move through right now and consent to that piece of. Right. And the biggest thing that I, I teach women or I guide them through and I work with them on is essentially because we're not used to doing this. It's calibrating to yourself and what you need and what you want, because sometimes as women, we get so out of touch with that. So I repeatedly tell the people I work with, you are your own guru. Like I'm really just here to give you a highlight reel, give you some feedback, but like you can trust yourself, your intuition, like your emotional guidance system for happiness, like what feels good, what doesn't feel good. Like that's what we're trying to get women in touch with. We're mm-hmm. trying to get them to calibrate to themselves. Yeah. So that's really what a big part of consent is like women. And I guess another word I can use for consent sometimes is permission, you know, women deciding what they want to give other people permission for what they want to give themselves permission for sure. and just really getting in touch with that. Yeah. Has that been something that's in your experience in working with other people uh, and work and working with is it is only women, correct? Or is that uh, by gender or by sex or is that open to interpretation based on how someone identifies? So it's female identifying. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah. In those cases with any of the women that you've worked with, uh, has consent been something that just comes up unprompted? Something where they're like, yeah, I don't really know exactly how to engage when it is clear this is a moment where I should be giving consent and I'm not, but it's happening. Um, is, Is that something that comes up? Yeah, it comes up a lot. And it comes up because especially when women are playing big, right, you have to understand, like, all of a sudden, you have a woman who is put into her power. And in her social circles, and her family, people are not used to her acting from an empowered place. So she has a lot of like a fucking boss bitch. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, with no reinforcement squad. (laughs) Needs to get her reinforcement squad on. (laughs) Right? It's like, yeah, I mean, a boss bitch, this whole family's bossing up. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing, like a rising tide lifts all boats. So it is kind of contagious, but in the beginning, women tend to overcompensate because we haven't quite been there. So we, we can be bitchy in the beginning while we're like kind of fine tuning our levels. (laughs) (laughs) I would actually, I would like to, I meant to say this at the beginning. So you have always been just an incredibly strong woman and someone who I was pretty sure could knock the shit out of pretty much any guy in our class. Um, and I always respected that. I know that like we knew each other and started to like know each other through going to raves and music and like all of that. Oh, but it's, yeah. I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> I actually just told uh, the, the Oksana uh, uh, makeup story the other day, like recently. 
Oh my gosh, when, which one? When we were at uh, my sister's place and the... Oh, yeah. We, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. That, that's, that's what we actually have, like, a list of... Here are some just, like, silly little stories that we have in our past that are fun, that aren't, like, terrible, that we we're, we're going to have as, like, little, like, anecdotes that we're going to... <laughs> as like things in between episodes and that's a hundred percent one of them that's one of my favorite stories so yeah. everybody stay tuned for that um <laughs> but um yeah you've always been just an incredibly strong woman and so you doing this now is not shocking to me in any way and i'm really glad that this is an opportunity for us to reconnect so that we can uh give even more uh just uh visibility to what this is and to you. Yeah. And I appreciate you saying that. It's so funny because I think the evolution of my own strength has definitely come a long way. When I was younger, I felt excluded from like a lot of activities that people decided were male activities, like boys groups, boys, this or boys, whatever. And I think like Boy Scouts. my... like my interpretation of that was like well I get to be strong too and like I really kind of leaned into like what people would consider more masculine activities but um like you know just to go back to talking about like women and consent and how how it shows up there's one thing that I do do in my work that's pretty important and like I said before we were talking about you know, how all of a sudden you have this empowered woman and she shows up in her family and her friends and they're not used to it. That requires you to have a lot of crucial conversations to kind of connect with people, be vulnerable with people so you can maintain the relationships that still do serve you, that you do want to maintain as you grow into this other person. So some of that too is like getting women in touch with their bodies because you have to understand like women are not always in tune with what's going on in our bodies and we have a lot of like post-traumatic stress I guess like you know these these freeze sponsors these freeze responses where like we're in a conversation we want to talk up talk and like you know establish consent have the crucial conversation speak up and we don't we like freeze Mm -hmm. and then we fawn and we acquiesce and we people please you know so like it we joke about this coming from certain stereotypes or from movies that we've seen, but like, it's literally the Ariel moment where like the lump in my throat is my voice box removed. And like, I I just, it's not in me. And then it's just like the anxiety and the sweating and like, now I'm sweating and like, I'm not listening. Um, (laughs) So I I understand that piece. I, I often describe that as recovering from growing up girl. Which I think yeah, that, that's like, really all, wonderful. Yeah. Like all of the men and the women that I interact with are either recovering from growing up guy or recovering from growing up girl. And I do hold the binary on that because I think the mo- the majority of us were made into that, were put into that binary. So it really is. Oh, we like, definitely get put into right, boxes. How yeah. do we how do we recover from being gendered when like yeah. I I think it's so interesting that like other cultures gender everything like it's La Monsanto. Like Monsanto, it's an, like, it's a girl apple. Okay, who knew? But like, we don't gender our speech. We just gender everything secretly. Our feelings, <laughs> yeah. our right. thought Everybody, processes, sh- communication, the workflow. You if, you're, if you're an English speaker, just sh- right. Sh- just bury but, it. Like we gender everything about our existence and we don't talk about gender at all. I mean, it just, yeah. it's this, I, I'm so grateful that you're bringing that conversation more to the forefront and helping women um, 
bring that to the table because it's not a conversation that's going to happen unless the party that has been most disenfranchised by it brings it up, right? right? Like things yeah. can keep being the status quo. Well, maybe yeah. not. I don't know. I can't imagine it being that way anymore, but I live in my own little bubble. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like, I really, that's why I mainly work with women or female identifying um, humans is because, you know, we, I feel like we really need an overcorrection, mm -hmm. you know, like we have, we need tools, we need support. We we're so isolated. Like, you know, it's not that we're incapable. It's just, it's really hard to figure out what to do when you don't have a dialect, you don't have a language, you don't have yeah. identifiers to know what is even missing. And then I get women in my community and they finally start to understand what those missing pieces are. And they just, totally light up right know? and then it's about like refining the overcorrection so it can be effective because of course exactly. like it makes so much sense that like oh my god this is a new language i have let's scream it from the rooftops oh <laughs> then there's backlash yeah you know, yeah so you have to like, be able to handle actual, that there's right. always kickbacks on you stepping into your authenticity you using your voice you setting boundaries so right. like really equipping women with the tools to show up powerfully in that is so important yeah. And I love what you're saying. I know you want to speak. Hang on one second, honey. Um, I love what you're saying about having those conversations with your environment, with your community and bringing them along the journey because it's about learning how to bring others along with you and to explain what's happening in such a way that they're learning also, not that it's thrown in your face in an aggressive way, even, even though that might be deserved often, but in a way that like that your environment can then reinforce what is happening with you. Um, instead of being scared of it or feeling like they need to defend themselves against it. Because it changes yeah. a lot for a lot of people. You know, behavior yeah. change is challenging. It takes that, like, community space to make that happen. It's not sustainable alone. Yeah, especially with women, because the thing is, again, we get so removed from what we want. We don't know what we want until we see another woman express it, and then we're like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what I want. You know, right. so community is important for that, and essentially – what we're trying to do is get women to step into the role of, you know, being this leader, the spiritual leader of their families, you know, because women, again, we fall into people pleasing, we fawn, we freeze, we shrink, but there's so much power there. And like women have such a diverse emotional range and so much to offer with the way that they communicate that really it's just about working that relationship with yourself, learning to value that, and then showing up in community while you maintain your value. So you don't let these relationship dynamics in like a patriarchal type of system take you out of your power constantly. Yeah, absolutely. That's really beautiful. Thank you. For sure. Yeah, that's awesome. And I, I'm, I've been doing all I can to not jump in because I very much realized, oh, shit we didn't pimp what's happening and like what you have upcoming and your bitch fest. So oh. I feel like that, that, I mean, that should have happened at the beginning and very clearly it's going to be in the description and like there'll be links and we'll put it on our site and all that. But uh, I feel like it is also pretty important considering everything we're talking about, <laughs> how people can engage with you literally this week. Uh, and so can you tell us a little bit about, uh, what you have upcoming and it is yeah. Woman 911 Bitch Fest. Tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. So
So uh, in our free Facebook community, I like to throw events. Sometimes I have workshops that are for free and guest speakers that come. And sometimes uh, when I launch a new course, which only happens three times a year, um, in promotion of that course and the doors opening to the course, we do a little live series. We do a festival where there's like a ton of value that you can get if you just show up and watch. So this time we're doing Bitch Fest. Basically, just come bitch what about bitching where about? you're stuck. What? What you bitching about? What you bitching about, right? It's it's just for women to come bitch about where they're stuck in life and get coached on it for free in the comments of this live that we're having because, you know, <laughs> I women so often get called a bitch. They get told that they just keep, they're bitching. And, you know, when we really own those things that people like, talk down on us about that's when we move from victimhood to putting ourselves into power so we're kind of going to reclaim that during bitch fest it's going to be october 6th 7th and 8th at 6 p.m eastern standard time i'm going to coach one woman live each day on facebook live and on the third day at the end of the coaching session my husband is going to be coming on oh nice (laughs) yeah he's going to come on because he lived with me while i was in my fully expressed bitch playing big launching my course for the first time that's great. Actually, he's gonna tell it like it is. I don't know what he's gonna say, but wait, that, that's on, that's gonna be on Facebook Live. On Facebook Live, only oh, in for Woman sure. I'm watching so. that. Oh, I can't wait you to can't hear what Tony has to say about you. I'll be there. You can't come. I'll be there, and I'll only share what's contented to share because what's not wait, mine is did you not say mine. I to can't tell. come because it is only for women. It's for female identifying only members in Woman Nine One One. Very clearly, that is not me. So. Uh, but I am excited for uh, Marvel over here to actually attend and see what that is because the, I'm not like, sharing her story. It's not mine to tell. No, <laughs> oh, that's thanks. consent. Uh, yeah. you need consent. <laughs> of course you do. On the upside, I know Kate, and uh, I feel like I could probably just ask you questions after the fact, so I don't feel terrible yeah. about well, it. Yeah, well, we can talk. Whenever we can talk afterwards. Nobody's taking away yeah. your privilege. We just want ours too. <laughs> yeah we need our own spaces our own time and yeah but it's gonna be a really good time come bitch about where you're stuck lean into your inner bitch and on the 8th after my husband and i have our thing on facebook live we're gonna open up the doors to the legend course and if you're interested in even thinking about the legend course, you want to be at bitch fest because you get so many discounts, so many bonuses. Right. And, I'll and, plus and the, uh, so, and bitch fest starts on what it's the sixth, seventh and eighth. Yeah. Is that right? Six, seventh, eighth. Okay. Yeah. Of October. Right. So yeah. this week, six, seventh, eighth. And then at the end of that, that's when you're also offering, uh, like basically the legend dope, yeah, yeah. Legend access or legend course, but dope access to it. Yeah, well, we'll What's open the-, the doors right after Bitch Fest, and then like within the first thirty six hours of the door being open, you get the most discounts and stuff like that. Right, and that's where you can be a bitch legend. <laughs> you can a, be legendary a bitch legendary bitch. What? Come on. Yes. <laughs> what the is bitches a- are in? Yeah. <laughs> what is the legend course? Um, the legend course is a twelve week broad spectrum transformational course for women who want to play big. It's basically all the work that you should do before starting a business, before getting in a relationship, to know yourself, to love yourself, and to get intentional support for the long game. You know, if you want like 
an intentional business, like purpose-driven work, if you want like community and sisterhood that goes deeper, deeper connection to yourselves and others, like this is the work that needs to be done. And you have access to the course for life and access to the sisterhood for life, because I really wanted women to have ongoing support after I was done serving them. So we have a whole structure in place where women still talk after the course and they have like platforms and tech to do that. So in addition to that, because I think that that is something that is amazing as a part of what the legend program is, what is something else that you can give me? Well, give me, give women who may be listening as like a a nugget of like, what, like, what is something they're going to take away from the legend program? Oh my gosh, there's so much. Just like, one. I, like I, I can just answer that, one. but she didn't. It's not my question. So ugh. it's not your yeah. program. Um, your program, but I want it to be. It sounds really great. You'll be deeply connected to yourself and others, and have so much clarity on how to create a legendary life. That's really what it comes down to. Yeah, it sounds to me like it. It's, That's vague as shit, but I appreciate it. Like that it sounds wonderful. Up. It opens up that well, moment, that moment when I check in with myself and it doesn't really matter what my circumstances are. I can just check in and then know what the next thing is, whether it's sit here longer or go there or be there or what. But it's not right. that like, I'm anxious. I don't know what to do. What do I do to make myself happy? I just, shh, for like a minute. Yeah. And it makes that minute not scary anymore. Yeah. I mean, the women in my course have like less anxiety. Some of them were struggling with depression. They have the confidence to have the relationships they want, go for the promotion, start the business. It's really foundational work to get out of your own way and really do what you came here to do on earth and get clarity if you don't even know what the fuck that is yet, you know? Yeah. So, I mean, is a lot of it about like taking ownership of self understanding your whys and then moving forward with those well like from very high level very clearly I'm one not- of the, no one of the tenants is definitely taking 100 percent responsibility for yourself because what a lot of women don't realize is is like we were conditioned to someone is going to come along and save us and that we're going to marry no one's going to save you save yourself no one's gonna save you <laughs> yeah for sure um But it's, you know, transformational coaching is about like how you want to transform into your highest self. So it's really about meeting you at the point of possibility and creating your life on your terms where you want to go. So the the results are different for every woman, but they're all generally happier, more supported and like waking up feeling grateful to be alive. I mean, the foundational work is what we are shied away from. Because knowing ourselves is less important as little girls than knowing how to impress others, right? Like, knowing how to please others. Exactly. Yeah. The idea that that being less than equals humility somehow. Like I, I remember the first time I realized that I was like, I live my entire young adult life. Like, um, no, I am fatter than, I'm uglier than, I am not as smart as, because that's what made me humble. In my mind, I was like, um, if I'm going to be perceived as humble, then I can't be the other opposite was arrogant. There was no middle of just, I'm me and a person amongst people. And my willingness to explore that means whatever I do has value. Like I can't shoot for the stars if I have no value to support that. You know what this reminds me of? Have you ever heard of Kaja Urbaniak's work from the Academy of Power? Oh, she makes such a great point. I love Um, that you made sounds with your mouth that were words then. (laughs) What? I want to hear that again. That that was a good mouth. It was a good ear feel. 
Kaja Urbanayak from the Academy of Power. Yeah. K-A-S-I-A is her first name. So she was explaining that like women are brought up with like the attention of how they are being right and how, how they are looking and we have our attention like really inward so women are always like do I look okay do I do I this that right but boys are brought up essentially um being rewarded for what they do right, right. so look look at Joey, he did such a great job and look at this thing he made and look at what he did. And so men are brought up to have their attention focused outwards and women, our attention is focused inward, right? Right. So to really kind of balance that out is some major work that we can do to stop like, (laughs) to calibrate to ourselves, but Mm -hmm. stop shitting on ourselves essentially. Absolutely. Or shitting on ourselves. Shitting and shitting. Oh, she beat me to it. (laughs) I've trained him so well. Oh, he is a key holder for the reframing store. Ah. I'm general manager of the reframe store. That's what I just like to tell people. I love that. He's a key holder. Well, I mean, she's the general manager. She did get a promotion recently. And then that's why it's like, it's a little bit of nepotism. It's true. You got a promotion. It's it's a little bit of nepotism, but she's just like, well, you, I mean, it seems like you're catching up a little bit. Yeah. You can be a key holder. Like I'm not even like assistant manager, but I am no longer a day player at the store, which is good. I so love to hate when you use my, my marvels on me. They are marvelous. (laughs) That sounds hot. It's you like emotional Aikido. Like- <laughs> <laughs> um, how has uh, what all of this has been, how has it impacted your relationship with Tony? Oh, my gosh. We have so much vulnerability, so much more deeper connection. We've seen all the sides of ourselves because we went all in. Like aren't some of the sides the worst? (laughs) (laughs) Well I think I probably have more worse sides than he does. He really is it's because we're taught to look inward. So we develop so many facets on that mirror. God damn. Yeah yeah. They are simpler. Go go ahead get a get a dodecahedron inside. Good luck. And there's so many sides. I mean you've been in a house of mirrors, right? (laughs) anyway so yeah how has all of this affected your relationship with tony um yeah so (laughs) i'm I'm sorry this is like totally unprofessional but like i just noticed we're not recording where we are are you recording on your end yeah oh okay i i haven't done a podcast like this so i'm like oh okay neither yeah, no, yeah um, no I, like I, every every yeah hopefully every, uh, i mean hopefully it's all recorded i mean we I mean, have that, cameras everywhere so yeah, theoretically yeah, yeah. I mean, even not if through the sound somehow board. this is being recorded i hope otherwise this is just a great conversation hey, who knows yeah is there another raid happening thing. who knows i mean somebody on my phone Don't somebody's worry recording <laughs> Okay, well, I'm just looking out. Um, yeah, no, we've gotten <laughs> squirrel. Okay, focus, Kate. Okay, squirrel. Should we do uh, a, a countdown? Two, one, Kate, go. So my husband and I, we've got we've got a lot closer, you know, because we've both had chances to stand for each other fiercely in this. Like when you're going for what you really want, like 
whether you intend to or not, your family members are going to make sacrifices. Like nobody does this alone. And I mean, I respected him before as a human being, but like, I have so much respect for him now, even more. He just, he's so grounded in everything that happens. And every single time I think (laughs) I've got a handle on this shit. I have another meltdown and he's just there holding the space, witnessing and like, you know, basically just like, dude, I know you've got this. I know you've got it. So what needs to happen? How can I help? You know, and I'm the same way with him. He's going for a few dreams of his own that are not mine to talk about, you know, but we, we decided to jump together. You know, and that's been like the nature of our relationship. It's like, why am I going to leave my job to start this business that I love and do what I feel called to do in my purpose and not enjoy it? Like every single time we move forward on this, so my business or what he's doing, we're always asking ourselves a question. Does this feel good? Does right. This feel I mean, pleasurable? like, what are you, our parents working at DJ <laughs> where it's just like, Jesus, why are we doing this? Thank God yeah. we have paychecks. Yeah, it should probably yeah. be better. And <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean, I remember our our parents did great work, but you know, like it it was a different generation, and I think like yeah, I mean, they the were fucking, they were we fucking ballers for what they were doing. Like yeah, I mean, absolutely no shade on any of it. My my, I mean, my both are, I mean. Both my parents like built their own shit. Like my dad was crazy and somehow like managed <laughs> to like uh nestle his way into like, yeah, 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 I'll be tech support here. And also, sure. Um, but like, yeah, I mean It was just what, different. It, it was, was just, just like yeah, now it's so it's different. Very now. highly like, specialized. It, there's yeah, like what that was was basically this is very tactical, practical, pragmatic, like with a lot of things that were happening. What you're doing is very entrepreneur, like very clearly, like you're, you're making your way and you are just, you're doing it the way you want to do it. And it's awesome. Yeah, I am. (laughs) (laughs) Fuck yeah, yeah, bitch. I have a question about that piece. So I imagine that with all of the doing and making and going, you also need some like not doing and being and vegging and like letting the vibration settle down so that you can vibrate high again. Yeah. Do you ever worry about that moment between, yeah, I should go do stuff, but, uh, and if so, how do you manage that moment? How do you re-enter the game? What does your self-care look like? Oh. <laughs> that um, one too. Well, yeah. So the thing is, is I'm at a place in my business now where I trust myself to show up, right? So like I don't make, business decisions from a place where I'm emotional, where I'm like exhausted. Like I make decisions about how I need to move forward based on what my plan is, what I think is best for women and what I think is best for my business. That being said, like women working in business is very different. We're very cyclical, you know, like there's about a week before my period, my time of the month where I've got no energy and I fucking hate myself. Right. (laughs) So if... (laughs) 
I don't know like what he was going to say. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, no, that's for real. Thanks. Sean, no, it is for real. Yeah. <laughs> it's so very for real. You know, so what I'll do during those times is, is like I kind of plan a lighter schedule around that. And I make sure that if I'm like really bottoming out, you know, I put myself first. Stuff can be rescheduled. You know, if I really think it's something that I know I would regret if I didn't just show up, then I'll just I'll show up and yeah, sometimes I can sleep later, but other times like I show up for myself first. So I don't really subscribe to perfectionism. I don't care if I show up like all disheveled, but I do like to do self-care for myself before showing up for others, you know? And I think even today we rescheduled because we're like, you know, let's fill up our cup first, make sure that we're nourished and oh I for sure needed a snack to make this conversation happen we moved through so many emotions before we got on this Uh. and uh this one uh this one meaning Kate is the uh predominant uh voice message uh texter (laughs) Uh, I don't know if I yeah yeah, voice memos memos. like uh, exactly I don't even know the word for it because I don't use them at all but I don't know if I've received a text from uh this woman in like the last year that uh, I really love that it it happens rarely but I I will say that like when I I was just like because I got uh somehow uh a voice memo that was not uh, actually sent today, but somehow like <laughs> got into the thread and was basically like, yeah, so, you know, I don't know, I guess, you know, we can just reschedule for like another day. And I was like, okay, I mean, we can, yeah. I mean, like how, how can we get together this week so we can make sure that we get an episode out that we can promote your upcoming, uh, bitch fest. And, uh, she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> um, yeah. I like, are we like, do you like, if you want to reschedule, okay. But like that, I, what do you, I was like, you sent that. And I was like, no. <laughs> so, so well, I gotta say, I secretly hope, I secretly hope that you, whenever I send a voice memo that someone sends it back because yes, I can read, but like with my reading (laughs) comprehension issue, it puts like a major demand on my like brain and my memory. So like if I'm reading all these texts, like I start to gas out. So actually, you know, what's funny too, is that like, so like doing those like at like over and over, I don't understand why, like, so I hate talking on the phone, but given that today I sent you like. 20 texts and you sent me 20 voice memos that could have been resolved in like a two minute conversation how about we commit to like maybe i should just pick up the phone yeah i think that's i'm scared too because like people that are just like maybe five years younger than us they hate talking on the phone now what do you mean five years younger i hate talking on the phone you just like Mar- i think we Mar- can keep Marvel, the dying yeah, Mar- alive as Marvel, long as we yeah. meet them where they're at marvel will then- uh Bring it up like the she, tide. She will. Uh, yeah. <laughs> she will back this up. I do not talk on the phone. There, no, he like, only yells at customer service, but actually not regular customer service. He always <laughs> escalates because he's not a bad guy. Oh no, but that's pretty much his favorite phone call. And I think that's it. Yeah. Do you consent See, to me AT&T. ruining <laughs> your life if you don't escalate right now? <laughs> I literally come home and he's like Jerry Maguire in our garage with his headset yelling at somebody over a dishwasher or like a washing machine. It's brilliant. He's like, Joe, Joe, let's talk about your family for a second. I mean, you really want to make them happy too, right? Oh my goodness. 
I'd like, like, to, cool. I'd like to say none day, of that's, that's true, fine. but that is a hundred percent true. I think we got that from our parents for sure. We could we could put that on them. We could blame them. Yeah, well, I mean, my my ability to like sell when I am not like I don't enjoy selling, but my ability to do it is just there. Do you think and you could help Snow launch his um, con uh, 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 not entrepreneurial uh, concierge <laughs> shit talking service? But he we, he has decided, and I totally support this idea that like he should offer a concierge how to get the things that you need done done service. It would just be him organizing for somebody like just being their assistant and yelling at everyone that needs to get yelled at until everything's where it's supposed to be. Yeah, it's it's basically it's like low level negotiations. Like my they, husband and I joke about this all the time because again, I'm in an interracial marriage, team swirl all the way. So whenever we need a what, deal on something, he negotiates. And whenever we need to like argue or write a letter, I take the wheel. So sometimes he'll just be like, Hey babe, let's white people that shit. I'm like, <laughs> I got it. Let's go. I love it. <laughs> that sounds right. Play into each other's assets. It's perfect. Actually, and that's even exactly. funnier because like, uh, the one text you did send today or no, 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 it wasn't, uh, the text. It was, you, you filled out the, uh, the pre-interview for this. Yeah. And, I saw that like team swirl and I was like, I forget what question it was for. And I was just like, literally not until you just said that. I was like, Oh fucking, of course. That's why. <laughs> That's the yeah. privilege again. Yeah. It's not us. privilege. <laughs> I mean, that one, that's you're right. Ignorance. It could have, it, shh, he said it. Ladies and gentlemen, did you hear that? Yeah. Ignorance is not privilege. They're different. Accurate. I stand corrected. Yeah, accurate. Hmm. Well, I mean, yeah. or you could be privileged to be space, ignorant, be but that's not what's happening. That was just my yeah. stupidity and ignorance. They're separate this time. I mean, it's, it's okay. like I us mean, being go team eventually. Like you, we ask the listener to put the comma where they choose. Because right. we're not taking responsibility for our eventually <laughs> status. <laughs> that's your job. <laughs> uh, I, I mean, I... I didn't know for the longest time either. There's all this language that's changing that I can't keep up with. I got a 19 year old stepson. I feel stupid every single day. <laughs> like I don't trying to keep up with Not all the another, language, like, all the stuff kids say these days. So that is literally part of why we're doing this is that hmm. like, obviously it, it leans and very specifically toward consent and uh binaries and sexuality and gender and all of that but there is so much about it where it's just like i literally don't understand and i am like an ally somebody who wants to understand and i don't so mm. please come and tell me why i'm stupid and like let's have a like just a, a spirited conversation where you are comfortable uh accepting questions that i have from my ignorance yeah i mean that's really good to open up that dialogue to do that because as you know like being a true ally requires you to put in the work and do the work but it's also like you could facilitate spaces where people can have these conversations and we can all benefit from doing some of this work together um sometimes it is conversational labor sometimes it's not just conversational labor but like the conversations need to be had for sure you know Right. And that's the other part of it. I mean, even with, I mean, a big reason why we're doing consent is, is to give voice to friends that 
we do understand, at least in our world, in our little, you know, pockets of like, yes, I know who you are, and I'd like to give you more of a voice to be able to speak to what your experience is within whatever, I mean. I don't think we've done a show that we haven't learned new definitions and new terms, and that's a huge part of this. Yeah, it's, it's both. Just, right. So, like, this I was a jump so off many from new twist, terms to learn. Twist, like, yeah. Oh, Team Swirl. Actually, I'm in. I'm right now. I'm putting out feelers for a diversity, equity, and inclusion in my business from the ground up. Like, that's the next thing we're going to be investing in. It's so so important. What is DEI? Um, diversity, equity, and inclusion. Oh, okay. Yeah, DEI. I so, I mean, I think it's really. it's really important for business, and they're we're learning all the time. Like, I'm sure you guys could teach me a bunch of terms because there's so much. There's so much I don't know. I mean, I think that's the important thing to remember in allyship and activism. Like the point isn't to be right. The point is to get it right and to take this like, you know, objective, I'm willing to learn type of perspective all the time so we can actually grow into the changes we want to see. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think that ultimately anybody who... is hoping to understand others and sees themselves as somebody who is an advocate and an ally. That is what they're doing like as best as they can. And that's why like us doing what we're doing, you doing what you're doing. All of this is raising awareness around things that we probably don't talk about enough that this is the opportunity where we can. Yeah, and that's the thing people don't realize. Allyship is like an everyday thing. You know, it's not just one day. What? And it's home. You're kidding. <laughs> well, I mean, that's how you think. It's how you represent yourself. It's how you have conversations. It's being open enough to not do anything in particular that day, but be a person that can answer things, that can speak to it, that maybe somebody else just needs to like voice what's going on with them, and I happen to have space for that. And also knowing when you are not the person to answer a question. For sure. Exactly. <laughs> when you need to shut the fuck up and do some homework. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. Being compersive in how we share space, how we open up for diversity. I love the idea that and I think that for so long it's been which cause, what cause, which cause do we support, which cause do we give money to, which cause is important. And they all are. I mean, there's some prioritization around, but it's also inform yourself educate i need to educate myself as much as i can so that when i happen to be around whichever platform is showing up that day that it makes some sense to me to be a part of because it's not just about pursuing my individual fight i know that i get stronger and better every single day by listening to and learning from and growing alongside comparing contrasting with other people who are also like brene brown likes to say in the arena in the arena in the arena Blood, sweat, mm-hmm. marred. I, there's more of that Teddy Roosevelt quote, but those are my parts I remember. I listen to people who are also bloody and sweaty and marred by trying, by trying and failing and trying again. I relate. Well, oh. <laughs> man, well, Mrs. Kate Bailey, uh, we are uh, coming up on the hour just a bit over and uh, feather. You guys yeah. can't see this, but she's got an awesome feather. She does. Like she's if you took feather. everything it's about a here, beautiful boa, but just made a single feather that was a fan. Yeah, she's Oof. yeah. She's, <laughs> I threw out my boa today because it was just making more litter than it was enjoyable. It wasn't additive anymore. 
But yeah, yeah, no, I knew one big feather. Shit. So, uh, Kate, we can't thank you enough for being on the podcast. Uh, This has been an awesome conversation. so excited for everything that you're doing with Woman 911. Again, that is facebook.com slash groups slash woman 911. X instead of an A. W O M X N 911. In case, yep, spelling's tough. And also, uh, Bitch Fest is coming up starting on the 6th and uh, through the 8th. Followed by the leadership course, which you will get super duper le- goodies. No, the legend course. The legend, where You're you become so a leader. So close. You I were know. so close. <laughs> Leaders and legends. It's all alliteration. <sighs> we could be legends. I'm going to come. Whoa. <laughs> I know. That was really quick. But I know. I know. I work my shit. I mean. Oh, my I gosh. My last, my last event before we had um, a course was called pussy powered purpose and i was like i want you that to alliteration go. oh my god i'm pretty yeah. sure that my wife wants to date you now well i mean now <laughs> now okay. now that she knows you is that yeah, yeah, perfect yeah. oh <laughs> uh kate i can't thank you enough this has been an awesome interview thank you so much for taking the time to talk with us and uh yeah uh we will make sure that everything uh, about you and about your courses whoa Nobody We're pantomiming now. Please Whoa. use your imagination. <laughs> uh, Stand by. Everything, everything Kate Bailey and Woman911 will be available on consentences.com. Uh, and uh, consentors, come back next time. And maybe we'll figure out how to put the visuals at the end of this. That was amazing. she got a beautiful face. Yeah, yeah, she owns her beautiful face too, like for sure. So apparently we're just going to keep going until I stop recording. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much. I'm so grateful. Hello. For additional show information, including related articles, links, and social media, check out consentences.com.